from scratch. Here we go. We're on. Do you know what else we should do is we should make two age sojourner t-shirts for Christmas. Right. What can that be your job? Because I've been. I can do that. Cool. Because uh, did I show you? Can uh, I make an announcement about it now? I'm going to make it. I, okay. I, do I'll it. do it now. Do it. Take ownership. Do it right now. Yeah. Okay. Listen, guys. Everyone listening to this. Um, mom, dad, and Uncle Paul. No, no. Uh, well, you guys. And we've got we've got a. Uh, <laughs> Got a few guys out there. I mean, I even did I send you that thing that the guy sent me? Um, the where where I'm sitting in the cigar lounge and it says two age sojourner and I'm like in this glory cloud. No, you didn't send me that. No. So no. one of our listeners actually made a t shirt. Of course, I'm the star of the show. And I yeah. like that. I think that's no, good. I, I think they identified that that feature well, of the show like, properly. I'm not. I'm not running with this. If you're going to be the star of the show, I'm just well, saying that okay. right now. If you get, to, okay. if you make the T-shirt, you can do whatever you want. Okay, so it needs to be the four of us then on yeah. the T-shirt, I think or so. not the four of us, maybe just the logo or something like that. Yeah. Okay, no, that's got. No, I did know, by the way, other people listen to the show. It's just a joke, a running joke that we do about mom and dad. I know, but I then you defensive. got all defensive. Yeah, this <laughs> is like as if. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I was going to say is that we need to set up a support page because <laughs> you and I, I both know that I do not have the cash flow <laughs> to say, to buy the t-shirts up front. So oh. so what we're gonna do is we're gonna set up <laughs> we're gonna set up a support page. I thought you were buying him run t-shirts. I thought this was amazing. No, no, they can buy t-shirts to give to their friends. So it's like publicity for the for the podcast. Right. Got it. Okay. That's your job so, now. You've made speak, it public speaking of yeah, I'm gonna do that. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do that, mm-hmm. but I want um, I want it upfront that you know, I want 50, 50 shares in the company, Mike. Mm-hmm. Game fifty fifty, yeah. All right, fifty fifty. You got you it. Do, you, you do all the tech. Ad, you do all the tech stuff. I do all the marketing stuff. Yeah, no, that f- feels right. It feels right. I like it. <laughs> Even though I'm the one with the speaking of degree. um, it's true. You do have a marketing degree. <laughs> 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 like a lot of good that way. It feels it feels less less right all of a sudden. You yeah. should uh, you should do all the tech stuff and the marketing stuff. No, you know what that 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 whole process proved to me. I mean, I graduated, I got the certificate, and uh, it confirmed that you know it was just a very painful, long, slow, expensive way to confirm that I should never do anything related to marketing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think there would have been easier ways to get there, but. I took that way. And now I have a yeah. thing on my wall always telling me, stay away. Totally. Yeah. We could also do um, like biker rings. The, the thing is I looked in, uh, I looked at this for your 40th. I was going to get you a biker ring to edge surgeon for your 40th, but it was too expensive. Yeah. It's like $300 minimum for a custom-made biker ring. Yeah, no, that's not going to work. Eh? So, but I mean, there's people out there willing to pay that sort of money, bro. Well, bless them. Do you know what I think we should do? Mm-hmm. And this would be truly unique. That all profit made by the selling of T-shirts and biker rings mm-hmm. goes into two things. Mm-hmm. The purchasing of high-quality microphones for all of the, the what's-its. Okay. And then goes straight into a designated 
chari- to the churches that we that we um what about my pocket you know lead. go straight into <clears throat> my pocket my pocket my amazon christmas fund oh and bless the mic fund hey are you set up as a charity because people could could also support like that you know the smile on amazon thing you know oh, yeah sure i'm i'm set up as a charity absolutely <laughs> give as you love just give saying. give to me i'm good i'm a charity case because um, I charge for my uh, my podcast, my, not my podcast, my blog thing. And I haven't blogged in like a year and a half and I'm still getting charged for it. Wow. So I'm thinking maybe we should combine forces mm-hmm. and just pay for like one blog thing. Mm-hmm. And then we just both blog on that site. That's good with me. In fact, it's kind of what I've been urging for a long time. <laughs> so it's a great uh, idea. I'm glad you thought of it. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I think of the best ideas. Yeah. Um, Okay, so I don't I, <laughs> I don't know if you want to air any of that, but anyway. So speaking of um, <laughs> speaking of Jordan Cooper, mm-hmm. he was um, I was listening to his thing the other day mm-hmm. on. Uh, <clears throat> I basically, you know, it's like when you're you're really unwell and you're meant to be focusing on a whole bunch of stuff and you just can't, so you end up doing a deep dive into Catholicism. Oh yeah, that have happened to you? Oh, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. I do love. I that. just like man. Some of the most some profitable. Ha- times some hell mary from. religion would would go down well right now. Yeah, totally. It's the same as hell marys and go to sleep. Mm-hmm. So yeah. easy. And so you think? Anyway, okay, that- well, I can't do that. I can't go Roman Catholic. <laughs> so what I could do is maybe go Lutheran. You know, <laughs> totally. I, I and then it. you end up on Jordan Cooper's side. <laughs> <laughs> These are basically like that moment when you realize can't go Catholic, can't even go Orthodox. No. It's going to have to be Lutheran. It's going to be have to. <laughs> it's like, I mean, and then you sort of toy around with Anglicanism a little bit, but it's just like, dude, yeah, come totally, on, let's get yeah, serious for a second. I mean, Lutheranism is the stuff only the Queen, approach. it just messes you up. Yeah. 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 Wow. Oh, man. All right. So There's you did a deep dive. A, yeah, I did, I, did a, I did a deep dive into... Um, into all things Catholicism. Um, and I'm really, you know, I was honestly just couldn't, couldn't, I was just like hooked. I was trying to get inside the mind of a Roman Catholic, mm-hmm. you know, I mean like a thoughtful Roman Catholic, mm. like not a, not someone just kind of raised somewhere in the middle of South America on some kind mm. of folk Roman Catholicism where some weird stuff happens. Yeah. But like, I mean, a proper academic Roman Catholic who's thought about this stuff, engaged with Protestant arguments, and I'm trying to understand how this makes sense to them, right? Yeah. yeah. And anyway, um, I, I think I did have a, a slight sort of epiphany. It's probably not news to anybody else, but to me, I think I saw this for the first time because I'm thinking about like Enlightenment stuff and the impact of the Enlightenment, and I realized that the whole thing about Roman Catholicism is it hinges on basically on pre-enlightenment modes of thought right like pre-enlightenment like totally. it's, it's it. pre-scientific mm-hmm. it's basically magic right like like a lot of it still operates on the principles of of magic right essentially yeah you know what i mean like I the so. saying the rosary mm-hmm. is a thing of like it has power mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know and the priests they themselves Selves have power and mm-hmm. and authority and you know have kind of spiritual command and that kind of thing not not the the word they minister or mm-hmm. the sacraments they minister 
the but the the themselves and all sorts of things like that you know mm. anyway but this led me to jordan cooper's thing where he was asked the question can a roman catholic you know are roman catholics true christians right what do he say and <clears throat> uh, and he, he he said you know what he said you've seen I, this i one. haven't seen I it know, no, no no i'm, I'm keen haven't you no oh man feel the suspense i'm riveted right so now. uh no what did he say he basically said yes Right, well, that's fine. So, What's so? <laughs> the, the, I love the way the you look surprised about that. Me, well, I would answer that question in a in the same way that I think you would. Okay. Which is yes, no, maybe by depends. putting in. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly like that, but he didn't do that. Okay, he was he just, just like went, always, yeah. all the time, and then no. And then. Yeah, and he didn't. He didn't make the distinction between the layperson and the and the teacher, mm-hmm. and he didn't make the distinction between the person who had sort of heard the Protestant Reformation clarifications mm. and the person who hadn't. <clears throat> mm. He did say, uh, and this is all kind of from memory, but he did say that. You know, there is a difference between being justified by faith in Christ alone um, and being justified by the articulation of the doctrine of yeah. justification by faith. And that's true. So, yeah. like, that's, that, that's an important distinction to make. And so I would agree with that. Lots mm-hmm. of Roman Catholics are Christians because they are trusting in Christ. Yeah, we're not saved by our theology, but by Christ. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. But uh, there were some other qualifications I was surprised he didn't make. Because okay. they're just like standard, standard mm. qualifications. Right. For anyone who's had to think about this, you know. So obviously you got the fundamentalists. He's like, no, no. If you're part of the Roman Catholic Church, you're lost. Mm. Um, mm. But everyone within kind of conservative, reformed evangelicalism mm-hmm. is going to give a few qualifications. You mm. know, um, mm. like the, you know, like the Galatian thing. Paul was much harder on the people who were teaching the heresy, mm. um, and so. I think that would be a, an interesting thing to ask him a bit about when he comes on the show. Mm, for sure. Definitely. Because it's right. It's, you know, again, I know we were joking about it earlier, but, you know, they've, they've got the accoutrements, you know, uh, they're, they're right there. <laughs> it feels like, you know, the, the robes mm. and the, and the, uh, you know, virtual sacerdotalism, you know, I don't know for it definitely from Baptist world. It, it, it looks, it looks very, um, close to all of that so i mean obviously it's the reformation and um and uh they're in the protestant world but yeah definitely it'd be interesting just to see the take of those that are a lot closer to rome in that sense yeah um yeah the um so the question that i thought thought would be an interesting one to put to you is this that what would be the the necessary minimum that would need to change about Roman Catholicism for you to become a Roman Catholic. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not talking about ideals. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about the way you would want it to be perfect or whatever. Because what I've come to realize listening to a whole bunch of Roman Catholics mm. is that none of them think Roman Catholic churches is, is, is good. Right. Like They're they all think it is in deep, yeah. deep trouble. Yeah. Which is helpful. They are very, totally. very concerned. Yeah. Yeah. About lots and lots of things. So <clears throat> no <clears throat> faithful, devout Roman Catholic that I have ever heard of is happy with Roman Catholicism as it is now. 
Yeah, I think I think probably the thing that um, the you know breaking point for me uh, would be that you know the the Mary thing, obviously. You know, so you, there is no mediator. Or when you say Mary, thing, come on, be specific. So what what exactly would need to change about the Mary thing? What well, is the Mary thing now? She, she as you, you know, understand that she's co-redemptrix with Christ. You know, so. Is she co-redemptrix with Christ? Well, you, you know, in every functional sense, yes. Because, okay. yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like we need a mediator to get to Christ. She is, she, she is sinless to make it possible that Christ be, you know, the savior. Um, she is, you know, I mean, you could just go on with that kind of thing. So you put it all together. And yeah, I mean, at the worst parts of the articulation of the doctrine, I think they just go ahead and say that. I'm not, I haven't, it's been a while since I've checked it out, but I remember reading through the Roman Catholic catechism and freaking out. Not official dogma though, is this? I don't. Uh, let's see. Um, okay. I ended up getting a Wikipedia article. So, you know, this is going to be good. Um, Oh yeah, Catholic Mary. I have the official downstairs. I don't know if you want me to grab it. Uh, okay, well, let's see what this says. Um, Mariology refers to the systematic study of the person of Mary, mother of Jesus, and her place in the economy of salvation. Oof. Uh, Ooh. <laughs> you know, already we're onto a bad start there. Um, Mary is seen as having a singular dignity above the saints. Uh, the Catholic Church teaches that she was conceived without original sin. Therefore, receiving a higher level of veneration than all of the saints. Catholic Mariology thus studies not only her life, but also her veneration, um, uh, but also, sorry, the veneration of her daily life, prayer, hymns, art, music, and architecture in modern and ancient Christianity throughout the ages. The four dog dogmas of perpetual virginity, mother of God, mm -hmm. immaculate mm -hmm. conception, and assumption... Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, so those those are the four dogmas, right? So, I, so there is the yeah, yeah. Go for it. So I think there's a there's a kind of unwritten fifth dogma, which is Maria's co-redemptrix, but it isn't like a written dogma. It's something that they've toyed around with and talk about, and may potentially become part of the catechism, but isn't yet. Uh, I, <clears throat> I'm not 100 percent sure about that, but that's. What I understand about right, it. Right, so here's something that's relevant. Um, uh, in Catholic teachings, Jesus Christ is the only mediator between God and man. He alone yeah. reconciled through his death on the cross, creator uh, and creation. But this does not exclude, oh, you see, that's how it goes. But this does not exclude a yeah. secondary mediating role for Mary uh, that is preparatory, supportive, <laughs> in the view of several prominent but not all Catholics. Uh, the teaching that Mary intercedes for all believers and especially those who request her intercession through prayer has been held. Uh, oh, there goes my Siri. Sorry about that. Uh, has been held in the church since early times. For example, by Ephraim uh, the Syrian and blah, blah, blah. Intercession is something that may be done by all the heavenly saints, but Mary is seen as having the greatest intercessory power. The earliest surviving recorded prayer to Mary is da da da, written in Greek. Um, the support for Mary as co-redemptrix is when? Hey, earliest when uh, surviving report that would be the subtum presidium or something in Greek. That's all it gives you. Oh, it doesn't name. give a date. No, uh, but I, yeah, uh, support for Mary as co-redemptrix appeared in the 20th century. In 1996, yeah. the Holy See formed a commission to seek the opinion of scholars regarding the possibility and the opportunity. Uh, opportunity opportunists of establishing a fifth Marian dogma. 
on Mary S. Co-Redemptrix, Mediatrix, and Advocate. A lay movement called Vox Populi Maria uh, promotes the doctrine of Mary as co-redemptrix, mediatrix, blah, blah, blah. Uh, co-redemptrix refers to the participation of Mary in the salvation process. Irenaeus, the church father, referred to Mary as causa salutis, the cause of our salvation, given her fiat. It is teaching uh, which has been considered since the 15th century, but never declared dogma. Yeah, so that's pretty much what you were saying, right? Yeah, that's how I understand it. It's yeah. something that they are considering. All right, well, then just to... it's something that everyone's getting very nervous about. <clears throat> okay, all right. The <clears throat> thing is, okay, let's say even just working in that, I mean, any of those Marian dogmas just freak me out completely. So I don't know that I could even roll with one of them, you know? Um, so the Mary thing yeah. has just got to come right altogether before I would be able to become Roman Catholic. And um, what and- is the What is the highest you can go on Mary? Well, you know, she, okay, let's have a look. Well, not that she wasn't, I mean, she wasn't sinless, you know, that really messes with the two Adam thing. And I'm just not prepared to throw that away. Um, then you've got, um, even her, even if she's a type of Eve, if she's a type of Eve, you know, is there any world in which all other things being equal? Yeah. You could lump Mary as being immaculately conceived in some sort of typological way as a, as a type of Eve. <clears throat> if all other, all other stuff was not an issue, if this was like the one thing between you and Rome. Right. 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 Yeah. I mean, look, I'd have to think about that some more, but um, I, I think from my current understanding and the way that obviously I've just, I've just rolled with that. Uh, I mean, just, I'm thinking Romans five, you know, for example, I mean the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah is pinned on there being one other person who is sinless and okay. therefore able to yep. represent humanity. Um, I, I, I don't know what the implications actually of having a, a Which is a, why yeah. it's why you can kind of see how they're going towards the co-redemptrix thing. Right. Right. Cause you, you effectively move her to that position if you've yeah, uh, like got the four other dogmas anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. And so if you go in that direction, well, you're clearly beyond the bounds of scripture at the co-redemptrix level. You know? I mean, type of, type of Eve is yeah. one thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the Bible just does not talk about Mary as a savior at the end of the day. So how about, okay, so clearly, clearly a lot of this is going to hinge on the whole idea of authoritative tradition oral tradition being handed down alongside right. written tradition. Yes. Scripture. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Because unless you can buy into that idea, there is no way yeah. that Roman Catholicism can make sense. Exactly. That's a good point. And yeah. I would I would be I would be lying um if I didn't ever feel some degree of or uh, 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 I don't know, maybe wishfulness that it was so, like there was somebody who you could trust to just say, hey, what does the Bible mean when it says this? And right. like, that's you get the, the answer. And you're like, answer. Yeah. awesome. Yeah. Thanks for letting me know. It's like those times when you're reading the Bible and you read about baptism for the dead in 1 Corinthians and you're like, Paul, what what is that about? Yeah. And you just wish you could say back, Andre, it's about this. Yes. You're like, thanks. Thanks, Thank, Paul. Thanks, Pope. Awesome. That's, yeah. that's clear. Exactly. Thanks, yeah. Pope. So like the idea of a Pope, Mm-hmm. is not one that I'm opposed to. like Or, or one, let's put, let's put it this way, not one that I don't sometimes find a compelling or attractive idea. Right, you just want to it's go back to your... Um, yeah. 
You want to go back to your yeah. um, your your Peter, or you're like you just want your apostles around. You just want to keep talking to you. Yeah, totally, totally. Exactly. exactly. So like the whole the whole thing, like if the communion of saints was a was a like you, you could talk to the saints and they just talk back to you. Yeah, like that's not a you know I wouldn't mind that. that but that's I would a cool also idea. like um, I mean I would like a lot of things though. You know I would like there to be like real little fairy creatures that brought me my coffee in the morning and i would like um totally. i would like a ferrari unicorns know? that poop like, ice cream yeah totally you know but the problem is like that's just not the way you know that's not the way we it's process not real. things generally but speaking you see the, this, so, is, you know, this is <laughs> i think this has been my huge frustration is that the whole thing is just based on stuff that very clearly isn't real right yeah. but okay but let's say um you know is there a way, if if we didn't know the history about the Pope, and about the and if there wasn't loads of dodgy stuff, let's put it this way. So let's say let's say that there wasn't anything in Roman Catholicism that we didn't feel uncomfortable with. Okay, mm-hmm. they were just simply asserting. So let's say it was basically Anglicanism, okay, Reformed Anglicanism, mm-hmm. but they were asserting. You know, in addition to that, or as a slight kind of qualification on the reformedness of the Anglicans, they were saying that actually tradition is there as well, mm-hmm. but it just didn't make any difference. Could you, you know, is there a world in which you could accept the idea that there is an oral tradition passed down mm-hmm. that is perfectly acceptable or just as authoritative as scripture? Well, I mean, right now, I think that there is oral, oral tradition, I mean, at least a, a, you know, a whole bunch of tradition at least passed down. Um, I mean, there's just a wealth of tradition. Um, it's just, I suppose, you know, what is the norming norm, you know, at the end of the day? And, um, and what is the highest authority? What is the authority by which you, and even just going back to the sola ecclesia versus sola scriptura thing, I mean, at the end of the day, that's really the heart of it. Like, you know, is the Pope the authority or is it the scripture? And so, you know, ultimately they just always, I mean, you have to have that there be one norming norm. And um, I think, you know, I don't think there is a world in which I can, I mean, unless it was shown concretely, I think this would, this would sell me. Uh, this is kind of the Jason Stelman path, you know, uh, where he was right. like, well, okay, I'm a Protestant over here, but I'm looking at my Bible. How do I get? Who gave us the table of contents, essentially? And yeah. uh, how do we yeah, know yeah. that? What canonicity? Um, we went down that path, found a satisfactory answer in in Roman Catholicism. You know, to all of our dismay, because you know the arguments didn't look that great from our perspective. But um, yeah. but you know, he found that, and then as a result of that, tweaked everything, and then you know, let's leave the rest of the story out of it. But um, you know, at the end of the day. Uh, if I was convinced that there is no way to hold on to a Bible of any sort or distinguish truth from uh, absolute truth from tradition, then um, you know without without the tradition itself or without the body um, mm-hmm. idea, then then I think um, I would have to go Roman Catholic and take all its its uh, accoutrements and trappings and problems with it. You know, just in the way that you would any old situation in church and, and doctrinal situation. So that's yeah. really the bottom line for me. But I just find such a satisfactory explanation in Protestant canonicity. You know, I just, I, I don't, right. I feel like yeah. it just, it, it regresses the problem one step back. All yeah. that they've done is that. And then plus they've just created an even bigger problem for themselves by way of, of an abusive authority situation. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, you know, the mere fact that Anglo-Catholics 
Orthodox churches, Lutheran churches, um, all reject the claim of the popes and say, if you just look at history, mm. it's just obvious that this <laughs> they just declared this for themselves. <laughs> like it was no, there, there was literally no basis for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's a big problem. It's a big problem. And they do explain it away and they do have answers for all those kinds of things. But like, you know, one pope was condemned at a council. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> they just say, well, he wasn't speaking ex cathedra, you know, and so therefore you can condemn him as a heretic. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, no. Okay, right. That's cool. Um, so <laughs> I often think like, you know, if oh, this is how it works for me in my brain anyway, I have, I have those days when I'm feeling like, oh, you know, just trying to process stuff. And uh, I'm like, okay, well, let's say I jump into, like, I don't know, let's say I go Presbyterian. Well, I mean, to be consistent, I would at very minimum need to go, I mean, if I'm going to embrace Westminster Presbyterianism, I feel like to do a good job of that, I would have to go Anglican. And if I'm going to embrace Anglican, right. it's going to be a matter of days if I'm thinking, nah, I need some Lutheranism, <laughs> you know? And then as a Lutheran, I'm going to really be feeling like, I don't know, I just, I'm not there, I need Catholicism. And as Catholicism comes yeah. along, I'm going to be like, you know what, actually... We're a church split. Catholicism yeah. is a giant church split. I'm just going to have to go to the mother. You know, they tell me I'm in the mother, but I'm not in the mother. I'm going to have to go to Greek Orthodoxy. All right, sweet. So Greek yeah. Orthodoxy. And dude, I'm just going to be sitting in a very weird spot in Greek Orthodoxy, sitting in my church, not understanding yeah. what's going on, freaking out because, you know, I'm like, what? Something went wrong, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so Bapto it's Orthodox. A <laughs> yeah. Reductio ad absurdum. You know, you just basically. But it is. It, it, it does become a, a bit of a pathway out, doesn't it? Because, yeah, like, I mean, out of the faith, essentially. Yeah, Like, I that's feel true. like you have... You, that is a good point. You know, you, you, you essentially whittle away. You keep looking for the, the, the definitive thing mm. that lies essentially in a tradition or a person. Mm-hmm. And that thing outside of Christ, that is. And it just doesn't come. And so yeah. eventually you're just out. It's so true. I mean, we've seen that a few times. It's a, it's a real thing. It's a real, um, I, you know, I don't want to undermine the fact that there are those who are making it genuine. Like you do get the choppy, changey kind of people, you know? And I feel yeah, like yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. I have potential to be one of those people for sure. Um, in that you're just sort of wanting that, that firm, fixed, absolute understanding of something. Yeah. And um, and so, you, you know, that's going to require jumping around of some sort because... You know, and, and if you're willing to live according to your convictions, that means you're going to have to make some pretty severe moves. It means you're going to have to become Presbyterian and then Baptist again and then Presbyterian again. And then, oh, I yeah. changed my mind, yeah, Baptist yeah. again. And, you know, I, so there's some level in which I, I respect guys like that. Um, that they're willing to say, you know what, it's more important that I'm following my conviction than playing church games with you. Um, I think Fred Malone, for example, is one of a good guy in that regard, you know, just just <laughs> made the flip a few hundred times. I don't know. Um, but if, you know, right. half his kids were baptized, half weren't, and he ended up in a real solid place and you know, it, it, it the story ends well, but it, it was a yeah. difficult process for him. And, um, yeah, you know, I get that. I want to, I want to appreciate guys that, that are on that journey and, you know, and, but you can tell though, you can tell when there's a conviction there rather than just trying to chase pie in the sky sometimes, you know, which I think is yeah. always a, yeah. And the way I the way I um, feel like I might have a sense that that is happening is when people flippantly dismiss really good biblical arguments, you know, um, and, and it seems like yeah. out of hand they're looking for something else. It just almost becomes like a, the way we approach sin in that regard. We're just like, yeah, I can't find yeah, God says this, right. but I want just this. looking for justifying arguments. Exactly. So you know, I mean, I think 
I don't want to ever come down on the person that's, that's, you know, I mean, often I'm talking to people who are in Roman Catholic situations or in um, whatever, you know, not less than ideal situations. And I'm talking to them saying, this is what the Bible says. You need to make a big change. So I'm asking them to be quite radical in their mm-hmm. allegiance mm-hmm. to scripture and make big changes and do what is necessary. Um, and so I feel like it always has to be true that you're doing the same thing. Um, and be at least willing to follow your your conviction all the way through, um, and you know again, but it's just it's like a false start almost. You know, I suppose the the big thing again coming back to what you were saying earlier is the Bible. I mean, you know, are you going to set mm. your bounds there? Or is this is this the way that you've determined to find what the uh, what the truth is? Um, yeah. And if you haven't done that, of course, then you're just in a very wide pool of trying to figure it out, and, and that's going to be a mess. I mean, the one thing I will say is that in in this whole seeking to understand it, I think that it's not that Roman Catholics don't have any, uh, what's the word, any viable or feasible counter-arguments to Sola Scriptura. Mm-hmm. But... The thing that I think they don't really, from what I can tell so far, engage with very well mm. is the distinction that we make between sola scriptura and, and what we'd call solo scriptura. Yeah. yeah. So they seem to be thinking that it's basically me and my Bible mm-hmm. versus the whole history of the church. Mm. You know, and I think to be fair, a lot of Protestants do think that way. You yeah. Know, a lot of evangelicals have no confessional yeah. identity or idea. Yeah. <clears throat> they just don't engage with any of the creeds, any of the confessions, any of the history of the church. So they are reading the Bible like it's either at best their local church and their Bible. Yeah. Worst case scenario, it's just their Bible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that there is something off-putting about that. And, you know, you could understand being part of the Roman Catholic Church, looking into that, you'd be like, dude, that is just Something's gone wrong. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the thing is, what I always think about is, you know, I, I could imagine myself, I mean, I, we did not grow up in a, in a Roman Catholic setting. Um, and, no. you know, you just don't want to undermine how much that means, you know, in terms of your background yeah. thinking and whatnot. And so you could imagine that coming through from a, you know, just a predominant Roman Catholic way of understanding things and moving your way towards it could take years, yeah. you know, it, it, it might not be a quick thing. You might well become a priest and then, you know, move down that track for years before you yeah. feel like, actually, I can't handle this yeah. anymore. What is this thing going on? You know, let me work yeah. at this. Yeah. And then, you know, so it's just, uh, there's a lot to. But also, I mean, there have been some changes in Roman Catholicism, which, yeah. have, which have made it a healthier than it was, a healthier thing than it was in the sense that, Roman Catholics are engaging a lot more with their Bibles mm. now than they were doing yeah. at the Council of Trent. And so you understandably yeah. want to work with, you know, these positive changes and I mean, Vatican II and all sorts and yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I'm always just cognizant of that. And then we're all just looking through the thing very, very dimly. You know, that's, that's the other thing, you know, yeah. you just do get one of those, you've got to just keep that in mind the whole way through, like, we are saved by Christ. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. You know, I'm very, yeah, very thankful goodness. about that. I feel very confident in reformed and Protestant doctrine. Um, but it's just that, you know, in your best day, you realize you're just a complete idiot, you know, and yeah. 
Totally. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, we just, uh, I could very easily see how someone would go through their whole life in confusion um, and idolatry even. Um, and, you know, all sorts of, of, of things that are less than ideal and at the end are mercifully uh, spared by the Christ who died for them, you know? Um, and yeah. so, yeah, yeah, just, you know, and then, and then to think of yourself in any less stringent terms is, is really just hip, you know, hypocrisy. So, you know, I just always want to hold that sort of that hand up with our quest for purity and, you know, um, yeah. But, but there is a real battle call to like, you know, let's, let's just make sure we're not, you know, I don't think we have to give ground to any false doctrine while, while thinking about those things. It's just a kind of a humble way to approach it. And, and you know, maybe Luther, the whole, the whole, whether he said it or not, that whole, uh, he should have said it if he didn't say it. Um, Here I stand, I can do no other. You know, my conscience is bound to the word of God. Yeah. That's it. And that's b bottom line, what I think yeah. is, is so important. Yeah, certainly. Mm. And I think that, you know, the the nail in the coffin, really, and we, we spoke a bit about this at the beginning, was I just felt like if you did go into Roman Catholicism, and I was listening to former evangelical pastors who had mm. converted to Rome mm. and telling about how they got, talking about how they got over all this stuff, the same stuff we've been, right. we've been talking about. Mm. But listening to them, Man, it made me realize that basically what you're accepting is, you know, Michael Horton goes on about evangelicals and the Christless Christianity. Right. But when you get into Rome, you realize like just how different it is. Like you just want to say to a Roman Catholic, like their form of spirituality is so distracted yeah. from Christ as he's revealed in the scriptures yeah. that it's just so, you know, they get into trouble. Where do they go? Mary. They mm -hmm. go to the saints. They mm -hmm. go to the rosaries. They go mm -hmm. to the confessionals. They go to the priests. They go to the, where do we go? Where do we go when we're in trouble? You know, we go yeah. to Christ. Absolutely. Straight away. Yeah. Straight up. Like we're just there. What happened? You know, we don't go to rosaries. We go to Christ. We don't go to confessionals. We go to Christ. We may go to pastors who help explain Christ to us, yeah. but we don't go to, we don't go to some sort of, formal litany or something like that that's mm. going to take us through that like you know it's just it's so like they have no idea i think how even if they're trying to so elevate christ that they feel like they they can't possibly go directly to him they have to go to some lesser source like mm -hmm. you know mary or a saint even if that's because they so elevate them in their minds mm -hmm. that they just feel like it's arrogance to go directly to them. Mm -hmm. um, even then, what it does is, A, it's sad because it denies a fundamental truth of the gospel that you mm -hmm. can go directly to the Father through the Son. Yeah. But secondly, it just means that you never go to the Son. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like never. I mean, I was in talking functional spirituality, it's the Ben Harper song. Mm. And I reach for Mother Mary. Yeah, I was, um, you know, I was talking to someone, you know, that I mean, it was just very informal, but but they're they you know, were struggling and they were wanting to come over to a Roman Catholic uh, from a Roman Catholic situation. And they were saying, um, you know, I'm really struggling with not, not going to Mary, you know, because sometimes you just need someone to put in a good word for you, you know. <laughs> One and I was yeah. like, oh boy, you know, that kind of thing. It just, it, it brings out every Protestant mm. bone in my body, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I do think that sometimes Protestants downplay the godliness of Mary. 
right. and it probably is a reaction. Oh, for sure, yeah, absolutely. But, but at the I, end of the way, day, I, that's love, all I love the Mary Eve thing as well. I mean, that's a that's yeah. huge, and it's totally true. I think we should talk about that one one episode because this is actually quite a new thing to me. Like, okay. I didn't realize this was a, this was a thing. Yeah, it's just the whole gospel um, promise, you know. It's like the whole. I mean, she's a she's a, a forerunner to Mary in the sense that Mary is the is the Eve who brings forth the seed yet. of the woman. You know, it's yeah. like she's the one. Yeah. She's the one in this long line of women that finally has um will 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 bring about oh you know i was thinking about actually well we need to leave this for another one but there's this whole interesting um sort of talk about uh women will will um uh you know they're not allowed speaking in church and whatnot but but uh they'll be saved through childbearing and all that you know um, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. there's an interesting play there on redemp- redemptrix activity. So, um, you know, that's perhaps something to leave Ooh. for. <laughs> that's about Ooh. the closest thing I got to in the Bible, um, but it's still not. Wow, convincing. just drop it in there. Yeah. Do you know what I do wish though? I, mm. I genuinely wish this. Like, I mean, I, I grieve over it. I I wish that the Roman Catholic Church wasn't as messed up as it was. Totally. Totally, and that, you know, again, that's and I what, wish that it w- it was it was something I could join. Exactly. Well, that, you'd be right in line with Luther and Kelvin and everyone else there. Yeah, you know, something. Yeah, and I think that sometimes we forget that that actually there's a right sort of longing. You know, and I wonder if if there is anyone who ever does struggle with that because I know that in you know in my days in the Presbyterian Church, um, there were lots of guys who were Presbyterian Catholic. Mm. You know, <clears throat> they they loved and were very tempted by Catholic stuff. Lots mm. of them. And I, that was really shocked me like in a mm. Presbyterian church, you yeah. know, like I didn't expect that. Sorry. And it was like, anyway. Um, and I wonder if there's, if there's any guys who listen to this and feel compelled, you know, by, <clears throat> by Rome and sort of almost feel the call home, if you like, in one sense, that's right on with Protestantism, yeah. you know, like yeah. Yeah, that sense of, like we lament that we had to leave our home kind of thing. Like yeah. it, well, it kicked we, us out. We lament division in the church, essentially. We, we yeah. lament, um, you know, and it just is true <clears throat> that that was the, you know, yeah. one of the things about Protestantism is that, you know, you had a whole lot of, uh, f- you know, f- um, factions and fractions and divisions that, that emerged from that point, and that's lamentable. But we realized yeah. at the same time that, you know, it was inevitable and, um and yeah, and also thing. Protestants weren't the first ones to go. No, that's you true. Know? Yeah. So you had the Coptics. Yes. And yeah. then you had the Orthodox. Well, I mean, the ortho- had the Rome left the Orthodox. Well, they kind of kicked they, each, they other left up, each other. They left each other. You're spin. excommunicated. <laughs> no, you're excommunicated. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Like, guys, how about you just both excommunicated? <laughs> yeah. How about we just uh, how about we just uh, start again with Luther? Let's do that. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. All man. Cool. So hey, there we go. Some uh, there's a what should we call this? A thought experiment on yeah. R- Roman Catholicism. I, d- I don't. I feel like we only scratched the surface. I feel like there was so many more we could have gone through. Are you going home? Are you are you are you going back? I am reformed, uh, reformed Luther over Baptist. That's what I am. Um, so, <laughs> hey, uh, uh, ask me if I'm going home. Are you going home, Mike? Yes, but heaven is my home. <laughs>
<laughs> Heaven or new creation? Heaven. The glory cloud. <laughs> glory cloud. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's a good talk. Thought experiment on Roman Catholicism yeah. ending in a bit of colonialism.